0: Today on the FreedomCast, FreedomWorks CEO Matt Kibbe is here. We'll talk about his new book, Don't Hurt People and Don't Take Their Stuff, the foundation and growth of the liberty movement, and how the internet and new media have empowered the grassroots army to fight for change. I'm your host, Brad Jackson, and this is the April 17th, 2014 edition of the Freedom Cast. Joining us now on the Freedom Cast, CEO here at Freedom Works and author of "Don't Hurt People and Don't Take Their Stuff: A Libertarian Manifesto," Matt Kibbe is back. Matt, thanks so much for being here.
1: Hey, it's good to be with you.
0: Let's talk about your new book. This is great. It's it is a uh, libertarian manifesto, as, as you mentioned. Um, talk to us about why you were uh, inspired to write this, and and sort of what the uh, what the focus of the book is.
1: You know, if you think about the evolution of grassroots America, I think, you know, if you call it the Liberty Movement or the Tea Party Movement or Constitutional Conservatives, however we decide to brand ourselves, we've become, I think, the most important social movement um, perhaps in my lifetime. And we're not a protest movement anymore. We're not just a get-out-the-vote machine. I think there's a lot of people trying to get to the the roots of the ideas that they, they feel in their gut. What are these common values that bind us and for for so many years, people would ask me, how do I how do I break into libertarianism? What should I read? And you would have to recommend to them, you know, maybe maybe a 700 page book by Adam Smith or maybe a thousand page book from from Ludwig von Mises translated from the original <laughs> German. And, and I really wanted I really wanted to boil it down because, you know, we you know, I'm an economist by training and, and economists love to use jargon and pie charts and and acronyms when, in fact, when you boil it all down. Don't hurt people and don't take their stuff. Those are the values that, that make for civil society. Those are the, the values that enable people to pursue their dreams and, and to do well for themselves and their families and, and their futures. And I think, uh, I think a lot of people, um, Democrats with buyers remorse, independents, um, that are not terribly enamored of either party right now and, and Republicans and Tea Partiers and, and libertarians are, are looking for that alternative Platform that they're not seeing from the two-party duopoly.
0: Talk talk to me about that <clears throat> sort of what FreedomWorks has offered people because I, I think you're right. it sort of uh, it it appeals to uh, you know a broader sect of people than just Tea Party people as as it may initially be branded. There there are folks who are disaffected from other areas who sort of can come together under this philosophy.
1: Yeah, and you look at, uh, you know, both Democrats and Republicans are losing party registration to independents, and the conventional wisdom is that independents are sort of half Republican and half Democrat, half conservative, half liberal. Um, and if you look at the data, that, that's not true at all. I think independents are defined as people who who actually are looking for actual policies, actual values, actual positions out of the candidates. And they'll show up if if a candidate actually represents those things. You know, the the Democratic Party has become so dominated by radical progressivism, the the market opportunity in in the political marketplace would be for Republicans to to actually talk to these values authentically. And I, I interview a number of candidates um, now, senators and congressmen who I think have done that. Um, essentially disrupting the political status quo, um, doing an end run around the GOP establishment. Um, guys like, guys you would immediately recognize, Rand Paul, Ted Cruz, Justin Amash, Thomas Massey, David Schweikert, and of course, Mike Lee. Um, none of them were approved of by the GOP establishment. They all, um, fought very, uh, aggressive primary fights against establishment types. And yet they were able to connect to a growing grassroots audience that turned into a get out the vote machine because they (laughs) authentically stood for something other than the status quo.
0: Talk about the role of uh, talk about the role of internet here, because uh, you've seen uh, Twitter and Facebook and online grassroots building become a real tool for political change. How have you judged that? And and how do you see that sort of uh, moving, uh, moving the movement forward?
1: You know, one of my favorite chapters in the book is, is, is almost a personal story about how I discovered the ideas of liberty from, from reading the liner notes on a Rush album called 2112. And, you know, back when I was a kid, you didn't have um, Google, you didn't have Facebook, you had no way of discovering ideas except in the public school system. And, and shockingly, the ideas of liberty were not present in high school and college, graduate school, almost anywhere in the country at the time. Um, it was dedicated to the genius of Ayn Rand. And, and I tell the story about how I stumbled across one of her books about six months later. I didn't know who she was, uh, a small no- novella called Anthem. And I, I proceeded over the next uh, four or five years as a teenager to seek out these ideas. And it was a series of accidents. and And eventually I found... A community that, that shared those values. I think there's at least a dozen of us all over the country. We could have fit into a VW bus. Um, today we we Google it. Um, Justin Amash actually tells the story about how he was realizing he wasn't a traditional Republican um, in an interview in my book, and he just typed in some ideas and up pops F A Hayek, and that's how he self-educated on the ideas that eventually helped him win a contested uh, House Republican seat. So I think, I think what you're seeing today is is the ability of millions and millions of people to find the ideas, find other people that share those ideas, ideas and start to build a virtual community. I know moms that have Facebook pages that are bigger than, than the county GOP's in their area. That's power that's the power of decentralization that's the ability of people to come together um, and I think uh, I think we're just starting to figure out what the opportunity is obviously FreedomWorks has invested a lot of, of time and money and resources being a support structure for all of these these various social networking platforms that, that people are using and uh, we think that in that decentralized world the philosophy of, of liberty the strategy of voluntary association does so much better than the top-down progressivism of, of Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, you know, fill in the blank.
0: I, I want to talk about uh, one of the other candidates you guys have really helped. You mentioned Just, Justin Amash. Uh, here in Texas, Ted Cruz was another one of those guys. He was up against a well-funded, uh, sort of entrenched uh, Republican in David Dewhurst. And he really had an, an amazing race in that he was able to beat that. He was able to beat it not not only once, but through a runoff as well. Um, talk, talk about how FreedomWorks helped Ted Cruz and, and how he champions that, that uh, same message you were just talking about.
1: Well, actually, so he's one of the guys that I interviewed for the book, and I'll, I'll read a quick quote from him to sort of tee that off. Um, quote, I think there is a fundamental paradigm shift happening in the political world across this country, and that paradigm shift is the rise of the grassroots. In the Texas Senate race, when I started, I was literally at 2% in the polls. Nobody in the state thought we had a prayer. My opponent was a sitting lieutenant governor who was independently wealthy. He ran over $35 million in nasty attack ads against us. And he goes on to say that you know, the, the difference, the paradigm shift, is that for all of the advantages of, 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 the, of the GOP establishment, you, you can run all the TV ads, people from Washington, D.C. come down, to endorse you. You have high name ID. Those those were the old rules of politics. The new rules, and FreedomWorks is a big part of this, is the ground game and people connecting with each other and, and people being motivated um, by a candidate that, that stands for something and is willing to work as hard as they were. Um, our super PAC um, taps into that, and I think, I think in a fairly unique way, um, we go in and ask activists what they need. We're a service center. To that to that machinery that, that really sort of pre-exists any political race, so we in in essence we became the yard sign um, door walking distribution centers for the Ted Cruz race. Even though we we didn't coordinate and there was there was nothing um, there was a firewall there, but but the activists themselves just told us this is what we want to do. This is what we think matters, and I, I did I do think it mattered.
0: Uh, you and I were both at uh, a Glenn Beck taping <coughs> at an event in Dallas last year, and he was talking about the uh, role of the IRS oppressing um, Tea Party groups and conservative groups. Um, when, when you saw that and you saw how he was able to uh, give that uh, give that a new microphone and, and the, the work he's, he's done for you guys in, in talking up Freedom FreedomWorks, um, what kind of role does someone like... Glenn Beck play in pushing along the movement.
1: Well, you know, there's a there's a virtual structure of production, and he obviously has has a strong voice. Um, he's his his greatest talent is communicating complex ideas in a way that that people connect with them, and that's why he's so successful at what he does. Um, and it's not it's not just Glenn; it's it's a, a whole network. Of talk show hosts, a whole network of bloggers, um, citizen journalists, activists—it's—it's kind of hard to separate all of that because it's almost become an organic machinery. Um, but you know, the 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 rally that we held at the American Airlines Center in Dallas, Texas, happened to fall um, on the third on the, on the Friday before the the cruise Dewhurst runoff, mm-hmm. and and it became you know. A, almost, or again, organically, kind of a, a, a really big get-out-the-vote rally, even though that's not what it was originally conceived of, of being. And, and Glenn's, a, Glenn's a big part of that. Um, I, I think he fits um, the community quite well. He's, he's, he's become a pretty strong libertarian himself, and I think that's the, the trend. I think, I think what was the Tea Party and the 912ers is morphing into something bigger, and the values that connect that community or liberty.
0: What are the real issues that you think are driving this movement? Uh, I mentioned the IRS. Uh, there's there's a lot of revelations that have come out about the NSA uh, spying on Americans. Uh, of course, there's Obamacare. Are are those three big issues that move this movement along? Are there any else I'm I'm missing there?
1: Well, obviously, the Bureau of Land Management is. is you have you would have to add to the oh, yeah. yeah, list of true. alphabet agencies right now um I don't talk about BLM in the book but I do talk about the perfect storm of of IRS abuses and NSA abuses and and you know there's a chapter called them versus us chapter 3 where I try to show why it's such a bad idea this progressive dream of of giving um, unelected bureaucrats who unfireable bureaucrats all of this power and all of this discretion because they have, they have incentives just like the rest of us. They're self-interested. They're not better than us. They're not smarter than we are. And, and to give them that sort of discretionary power inevitably leads to the, the creation of a, of, a, of a massive special interest. I think that's where we are today. Um, but it's not right versus left. Um, I tell the story about how it was that some faceless bureaucrat uh, in, the, in the bowels of the FBI – Tapped out a memo to his bosses the the day after Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech, and he said to his superiors, "We must mark King now as the most dangerous Negro for the future of America." Um, and they proceeded to target him, and they proceeded to engage the IRS. They went after his nonprofit status. They went after his donors, um, and they did. A lot of the things that Lois Lerner is, um, helped orchestrate uh, targeting mom and pop tea partiers. So what's, what's the lesson there? Don't ever give that kind of discretionary power. We don't leave, believe in the rule of man. We believe in the rule of law. The law, the rules of, for liberty are simple, equally applied, so that you don't ever create that, that inevitable abuse of power that comes from from this massive megaplex we call Washington, D.C.,
0: Talk to me about sort of the the future of this movement. Do you see um, do you see young people embracing libertarianism, or do you see a, a, enough of a, a swell of uh, folks now in their you know in their, in their middle age or, or a little bit older that can continue to push this movement along as as it grows?
1: You know, I think uh, um, there was a, a guy from Wired magazine who used to write about the long tail of the internet, and he was talking about primarily commercial space where you know say for instance if you love particular styles of music and you know in the in the era of big boxes you you got 40 choices in the era of amazon.com you have an infinite number of choices you can buy what you want so apply that to the world of ideas i think the cost of information is is dropping the monopoly that the insiders in washington had on that information is breaking up and we have an opportunity now to connect with every single person that believes in liberty that didn't know that there are others like them, primarily online. I think that's, that's a revolution. That's something that, that's happened that's never happened before. And, and in that world, these ideas, I think, are quite compelling. And I'm seeing it uh, not just amongst young people. I'm seeing it across the board. Um, I'm seeing a lot of new people show up. And it literally triples the size of, of of what used to be the GOP coalition. Of course, they have to let us in. But you see Tea Partiers, you see Liberty <laughs> Movement guys. Um, they're they're still trying to keep them out. But you know, this is this is almost like gravity. You're not you, you can't stop something from happening that's inevitable. Um, but but again, this, that's why I wrote this book. I don't want to make it hard for people to figure out what we stand for. I don't want to make it an exclusive club. It's, this is not some sort of hipster thing where once once there's more than a dozen people, um, we're all gonna panic and go find a different set of ideas. Um, and that's th- these growing pains are the responsibility, the opportunity that we all need to, to take advantage of and, and take responsibility for right
0: now. Let's go out on this, and you mentioned this in the book, but I think it's good for people to uh, hear. You often get asked, what do you want, or what exactly are you? What exactly are your aims? Why don't you sort of tell everybody uh, what exactly is it that you want that that FreedomWorks is looking to uh, looking to attain? Yeah, so there's
1: a, there's a chapter called Twelve Steps, and I I, I, I sort of make the analogy of of, of, of addiction and, and the power mongers in Washington needing another hit of your cash and your power, the ability to tell you what to do. And I go through twelve ideas, um, most of which people would immediately recognize as important ideas. I think the first is comply with the laws you pass, and and the idea is quite simple. If if IRS bureaucrats had to comply with Obamacare, if committee chairman had to comply with Obamacare, they probably wouldn't have passed Obamacare. But they exempted themselves, and they do it all the time. Stop spending money we don't have. Um, you know, we we need to balance the budget. We need to put everything on the table. Scraps a tax code. I think the complexity that is engendered by all of these interests in Washington is a a vehicle, a, a a hammer to abuse the American people. And it's not really rich versus poor; it's people that have power and money versus people that would love an opportunity. And a complicated tax code is the is the primary barrier to that choice, not. Conscription, we need to get to away from one size fits all entitlements and and let um, young people start choosing and saving and determining their own futures. And there's, and, and insider bailouts, let parents decide, you know, the, the different, the difference between common core and parents actually having the ability to, to determine their own kids' educations. Um, that's fundamental. Uh, respect my privacy, and the Fed monopoly, avoid entangling alliances and the last one I think is uh, pretty important, defend your right to know. There's a lot of attempts to control the internet now and you see tyrants in, in, in countries all across the world. The first thing they try to do is they shut down Twitter and Facebook because people with all this power to organize, to know, it's the biggest threat to big government. Um, I think, you know, these are, these are, the policy prescriptions are not that original. What's original is the opportunity to actually do it because Washington's not going to do it, but we could do it. We could we can force them to acknowledge our right as shareholders to determine the policies of the American enterprise, but you have to show up. You have to be willing to fight the power. That's what our community does. That's what uh, FreedomWorks tries to support that community in doing. And I think we're just getting started. I'm wildly optimistic about about the future of liberty and the future of of this grassroots movement because again it's it's a you can't put the genie back in the bottle. Once people get a taste of liberty, they want more. They they want this thing that made America so special in the first place.
0: Matt Kibbe, CEO here at Freedom Works, you can buy his book Don't Hurt People and Don't Take Their Stuff on Amazon. I highly recommend it. I had a copy myself. You can also find him on Twitter at M Kibbe. Matt, thanks so much. It's been great having you here. Appreciate it. Thank you, sir.